welcome realm walkers my name is carlin i'm gonna be your host tonight i'm joined by my fellow show host gregory i thought i would get to say my name but i guess i don't i would have failed the test anyways you probably would have said bob yeah that's a really good name i wish it was my name anyways so we got a good one today always a good one yeah i mean it's always a good one but this one's a little bit uh, a little bit out of our normal uh, depth because it's similar to one we did a while ago in which we're talking strictly about rules. Mm-hmm. We are talking about the AOS third edition core rules. Now, I just want to make the caveat net line clear. We are talking purely the core rules, not the battle pack that's kind of part of the core rulebook or general's handbook. So yes. both those are separate. We're talking about the playing core rules. And yeah, we and today we are uh, to mention we're working off the the sort of printout forty four page core book that you can get, not the super fancy uh, rule book that you get with Dominion, as neither of us bought that uh, particular box. So we don't have any of we don't have any of the lore in front of us today. Hopefully, we can get our hands on that book at some point and take a look at yeah. the lore because I remember Bryce showed me a. Uh, the book and he said yeah so the first rule in this book comes in at page 200 so uh <laughs> sounds like there's a lot of lore in that book always uh, yeah yeah so basically the things we're mich- missing out on are the specific battle stuff for match play narrative play and open play so all that's not here we're talking purely the main aspect of the rules basically what you're playing the game with so yes well here craig but mm-hmm. well, i was gonna just say well let me start off by asking you how are you doing man i'm doing as good as i can Getting some games in finally. I finally bought some tables to play on. Nice. I uh, let's see. I've still got that Seraphon army that I've been working on for a while, but uh, things things have been a little slow with uh, with the uh, with in the uh, hobby department as of late. Uh, school is incredibly fast. I'm going into work uh, week three of school um, <laughs> or summer school, and uh, my midterm is due uh, on Friday. Oh shit! Wow. Now, now, like I said, going into week three. So I've only had two weeks. My midterm is due this week. So I have been uh, busy as a beaver. So hobbying's unfortunately had a bit of a chance. I uh, had to take a bit of a backseat. Uh, I got a couple first. Of... Yep, yep. But uh, they're all sitting up there ready to go, basically. Uh, how's everything been with you then, hobby-wise? I've um, been working like with the new job and everything. It's But I've been making time to hobby. I've been working on Godric, just kind of taking my time, trying out new stuff and trying out new techniques uh, like oil washing. That was a fun experiment and one I'm definitely going to bring into my repertoire tools I do from here on out. Um, yeah, just trying new stuff. Taking my time. Haven't been you know, popping a model's left, right, and center, but same time, haven't been doing nothing. <laughs> I think the last model that I painted was um, one Stormcast model. Uh, no, the never, never painting them. I had one Stormcast <laughs> model because I had to kill team, but then realized that one of my Stormcast models was the wrong one. So I had to paint the right one real quick. Uh-huh. So, and I think I put, I think I did a test model for some uh, Death Company Marines that I picked up a while ago. And nice. I think that, yep, that's it. That's my whole, <laughs> that's, that's all the hobbying I've had a chance to do in the last month or so. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, here, we're going to. Hopefully, I don't think it's going to be an overly long one all said and done. So let's just dive in. Uh, so I have a physical copy of my printout here in front of me. I also have um, aspects of 2.0 rules, mostly memorized, but it need be I have quick reference here as well, mm-hmm. just in case if Greg's wondering if stuff is in there, because I'll admit I'm probably more of the 
AOS elitist in you. So, yes. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, let's dive in. And I have to say the first thing, and I'm one thing I love about these rules right off the hop, the player's code. Yeah, I was just page. looking at that. I was just looking at that as well myself. Honestly, uh, like they added to a general's handbook. I love the fact it's in the main rules. Some people I know hate the fact they're like, well, bitching is part of the hobby. I'm sorry, but it ruins the game for the other person. When you're complaining about your bad luck, you and me both know who we're talking about here. We're not going to say names, but when you're complaining about bad luck all the time, I'm sorry. All it does is make me feel bad as an opponent. Like, I'm sorry. It is a dice game. Dice is luck. In the end, it's statistics, my friend. You can't yeah. complain about it. It's just the way it is. My only my only complaint is I'd really like to uh, put put a shower take a shower onto a lot of these because I've been to a lot of Magic the Gathering tournaments and mm. uh, not as many 40k tournaments but I've heard stories. Uh, be, be, take a shower. <laughs> I would say that's a would be a tournament rule pack like with the tournament pack be like make that as part of an addendum to the player's code. Must shower and wear deodorant. <laughs> oh, please, for the love of God. But yeah. yes, I do like that the the players' codes are the beginning. Yeah. I think that a lot of these, I I specifically like. Um, is it remind your opponent of rules that they might have forgotten because Gotcha Hammer is the worst way to play this game. Yeah. Well, here I'll just quickly uh, read out. So there's two cardinal rules. One is always be polite and respectful, and the other one is always tell the truth and never cheat. Things that lots of players like to try getting away with and not do. Guess what? It's part of the cool rules. Yeah. Um, then there's all the principles. So arrive on time with all the things you need to play the game. Like, yeah, make sure you're prepared and all that. And in the end, if you forget, let's say a tape measure, I've done that before, just be polite to your opponent be like, hey, do you mind we share? I'm sorry, I forgot one. Just be respectful about it. Then also make a respectful gesture to your opponent before and after the game, such as offering a handshake, wishing them good luck, so on. The handshakes, well, we're, get, we're getting into a more and more safer world and everything. But, you know, once we're through all this, then get absolute handshake. Um, avoid using language your opponent might find offensive. I like I try to keep my language and all the things down because I don't know what the other person's like. I when I notice they're comfortable with certain things, whatever. Then I've I'll never said open. a swear word in my life. Remember what they said about lying? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> um, then this one's key here. Ask your opponent's permission if you wish to use unpaint models or substitute models to me it's key just because i don't care i i'm all for the gray tide like if you want don't want to paint you just like building and playing game that's fine there are some people who are assholes about it so all i want to do is just ask them ahead of time are you okay if i, I use unpainted models i guess the weird thing about it so they said substitute models isn't that usually just i guess this isn't tournament codes this is just for a normal play between there are right? some people who are like oh it's not a gw model so you can't use that yeah i just i thought don't normally tournaments decide ahead of time like i shouldn't yeah. have to but this is yeah. for normal play between people. Yeah, exactly. Most people are fine of it. Once again, there are those elitist jerks who are not fine of it. And then you shouldn't uh, be playing with them anyway, so they yep. just saved you the effort. Yep. And offer your opponent a chance to examine your army roster before battle starts. Always. Like, I, I always offer, like, do you need me to break down all my rules and everything? Or kind of, like, what artifacts and all that kind of explain what I'm doing? It's just, yep. to me, it's just a natural thing that I don't even think about. Um, but I do it. Um, answer any questions your opponent has about your army and the rules that apply to your army. If I've never played a person who does zinch, for instance, I'm going to ask questions or whatever. Be like, what are some key things I need to worry about? No, don't be a dick and, oh, there's nothing to worry about. And, ah, look at all my magical summoning. <laughs> oh, surprise. You didn't know that that one model over there is the most powerful army in the entire zinch line, but you were focused on the giant fuck off chaos spawn over there. 
Exactly. Gotcha. Uh, measure moves and distance carefully and accurately. You know, that's basic. You know, don't give yourself an extra half inch when you didn't earn that half inch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that one, that one is the only one where I'm like, me and Bryce at the table sometimes are like, yeah, it's close enough. I don't, I yeah. don't like. And that comes down to how your opponent is. Like, if it's very casual and you're having fun, not a big deal. There are those people who are anal and want to watch it. It's kind of yeah. like one of the, and all these come with the grain of salt saying, know your opponent. Yeah. And then that caveat gets thrown over all this. Yeah, Anyways. absolutely. To the next one, um, give your opponent the chance to examine your dice rolls before picking up dice. Don't that, be like quickly roll them and then pick it up. Be like, I roll a six. That that's a big one. Uh, yeah. Because... Oh, I've seen so many people try doing that. It's like, no, no, no. If I didn't see it, I'm sorry. I doesn't count. Go ahead and roll again. Yep. Then they get all pissy at me. Be like, well, then let me see your roll. If it's really six, what are you trying to hide? Yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, ask permission before touching any of your opponent's freaking miniatures. Yes. Because <laughs> I've had a person. Sp- break my Alarial because they I had it on a display table and you no know, not be touched and someone went to touch it and broke her. Yep. You never touch a person's models without asking. Ever. Especially considering the year that we've had and you never know what people have been touching and exactly. Exactly. Um remind your opponent about rules they have forgotten, as you're saying, to use or what they have been using incorrectly, especially when doing uh, so is your opponent's disadvantage rather than your own. Or to their advantage, sorry, rather than your own. Yeah. Like in the end. Feel bad hammer is a thing, and I don't want people to feel bad because, you know, they forgot about a rule of mine because, especially with Sylvanic, they are a Jenga tower of rules and stupidity. Yeah. I'll admit this as a player of theirs. A lot to keep track of. Yeah, they've uh, never forgotten the 16 buffs that they currently have on, and you're yep. like, ah, you didn't use them. Yep. Yeah, never on. deliberately waste time during game. I've definitely seen people do this, like at tournaments and in regular games, we're like, okay, cool. I have two hours to play. Let's do this. Then they take their sweet time and they win by default because, oh, we ran out of time. Yeah, no, that we'll one. do that. It's a dick move. Yep. And tournaments, it happens all the time. And it's, yeah, it's a dick move. Um, avoid distracting an opponent while they're trying to concentrate and be careful to respect their personal space. That's a given. You know, yep. just because we're playing a game doesn't mean I can get all, you know, touch feely of you. <laughs> Never complain about your bad luck or your opponent's good luck. Once again, we both know people who do this. It, once it's a feel bad thing. Don't. I'm sorry. Dice are dice. They're going to roll randomly. It, it it's their nature. Yeah. No. Um, if you really feel like it's bad luck, go out of your way, pay an insane amount of money to make sure you get perfectly balanced dice. In the end, dice are going to be dice. Alternative, and alternatively, numbers. find some kind of like uh, a, a psychic or a magician to cleanse you of your bad luck, uh, mm. and bring lucky charms, horseshoe. Four-leaf clover, rabbit's foot, bring them. <laughs> There's nothing in the rule that says you can't nope, tempt fate. And lastly, never fix the outcome of a game, which I think that's also given it's a game. You never, you shouldn't know how it's going to end before it gets there. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, it's it's almost super hard to fix an outcome of a game and make it obvious because it'll be like, um, why are your guys all on the wrong side of the table not going for the objectives and why aren't you shooting? like? Yeah, it's pretty obvious in 40k when somebody's do or in 40k and Age of Sigmar when yeah. someone's fucking cheating. Yeah. Uh, so then we go on to the next page, which is kind of goes into core concepts. Most of this is stuff that's been there before, except for your yeah. unicorn currency. We'll get to that in a second. But so just something, clarifications. Yeah, something that we we're gonna do is we're mostly focusing on changes to the rules. So we're not mm-hmm. gonna we're we're not we're not sitting here 
going to read you all of the rules. We just really wanted to go in depth on the player code. But for the most part, it's like when we get to things like core concepts, we don't really need to go over yeah. factions, battle tones, battle packs. Yeah. Battle pack being the only like thing that's really changed, but uh, we could focus on that more when we get to the battle pack section. But we don't need well, to go. We into don't that. really have them. So when we do get those in the future, we can talk about that. So yes. But point is, we're not going to be going over everything. So um, all right. Yeah, so we can start moving through here, just sort of looking at models the same, friendly enemy models, yep, yep, all the same here. And I think the first real change we see is 1.3.3. Uh, well, actually, is unit before that... Oh, I mean, there's something that I missed. Well, just the fact that there's the numbering of the rules. There's a what? Well, 1.3.3. The fact oh. they've numbered the rules, that's new. That's different. I they didn't do that before. I didn't even consider that. You're right. That's actually very helpful, uh, specifically when looking up rules. Exactly. Um, when people are talking about it, like online, it's a very easy, quick reference. But like, no, this is how it is. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah. I didn't. Uh, you know what? Didn't even catch that. But that <laughs> is particularly uh, useful to take a look at. Yeah. Now, uh, the thing that I was talking about, 1.33, is unit coherency. So mm -hmm. in the old age of Sigmar, it followed the must be within a certain distance of a single unit. Um, they have moved more towards the ninth edition 40K uh, unit coherency, where you must be within one inch if it is two to five models, and then you must be within one inch and six inches vertically of two models if your unit is more than 10 models big. More than five models, actually. Oh, sorry, more than five models big. Yeah. So the idea basically being... Uh, to avoid stringing across the table, which... Yep. Conga really, lines are dead, essentially. Yeah, yeah <laughs> conga lines are dead. You've got clumps now. Yep. Um, you can still conga line pretty effectively, I've seen, with even with, with these rules. Yeah, you if can... you have massive groups, you can. Um, so, like, if, you know, if depending on your unit size, whatever, if you have 30 models, you're doing a conga line of 15 models, sure. But, but, but now I just can't uh, take my unit of clan rats and spread them across the entire back half of the table, and you just can't deep strike me uh, with your with your Stormcast because, oh, look, there's a clan rat every nine inches. Yeah. Sucks to suck. What I, I saw a person do way back when, they had the zombie wolf models, and what they did was they did a line of zombie wolves across the whole table, as basically a barrier to stop people from getting across because what they would do is just summon it. It was with the Legions and Nagash rules and it was stupid. I'm like, really? Like, so yeah. that, that makes logical sense to have all these wolves just, you know, looking at each other's asses in a straight line like that. Okay, fine. Yeah. So it it's ridiculous. helps do away with that a bit. Um, yes. So in the, yeah, in the grand scheme of things, it's a big change, very big change, but I think it's a very good change because some of the Congo line stuff, as we said, can be really stupid. Um, God, I remember very specifically in in 40k, I had a match against a person who conga lined, but they conga lined checkerboarded their models, so oh, it, was okay. it was impossible to charge in without charging like five units because technically it was five units. It was just it it gets ridiculous. Um, mm -hmm. Conga lining is stupid. This is fantastic. It doesn't make sense from like a, a, a narrative perspective. Why would you do that with your guys? You have them in units together. You squad them up so their shields overlap and they protect each other. It makes a lot of sense thematically as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah. So then going on to the next, we talked about the tools of war, which is basically just, you know, your dice tape measures. Oh, wait, 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 no, I, think I, I, I think I caught one more 
in okay. in one point one point four point one. Okay. Um, I don't remember if this was specific in the other one, but it now specifies mm -hmm. that you could include one endless spell for each wizard. Yeah, that's uh, different. And one invocation, so you can only have one endless spell per wizard, and uh, one invocation for each priest in your army, and I had one faction terrain feature only. Yeah. I yeah. don't remember if that was. I can't remember in 2.0 you were limited to one. I'm pretty sure. There wasn't a rule for that, though. Yeah. So, yeah, before you could have as many in your list as you wanted. Um, they have made some big changes to endless spells. We'll get to them. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, that is different. You are absolutely right. And yeah, a well, I... feature that's pretty much what was accepted before, but it's it now was... kind of made a little more clear. Yeah, it was, there was nothing set in stone. All right. Sorry, I didn't mean to go back on you, but I was just no, like, all I, good. I've, I've, I caught a bunch of little weird ones, and I'm like, I don't remember that rule. Yeah. And kind of jumping ahead, uh, well, actually something we've already seen. Another thing I really like is the bolding of words, keywords yes. and everything uh, for abilities or whatever. Um, it's going to be handy in the future because then you have those keywords to look for. Yep. Nope. If nothing else, the organization of this book is very, very nice. But yeah, I think uh, Tools of War, it's nothing new. It's all the same stuff. Um, I don't think we see a new thing until we get to uh command points yes there might so I, I will say there might be some more clarification specifically in abilities and effects mm -hmm. I'm, i i couldn't find any personally and i think it's just because um there were probably things that i was already doing that have just been clarified into rules yeah so there might be some things but yes yeah. uh, the key thing i would say about this edition is clarity they've done a really good job Anyway, so we go into command points, which means we talk about priority rules, which, yeah, um, basically priority rules still a thing. Yes. AOS will always be a thing. Um, yes, we, but... we, we made an agreement before the video started that, <laughs> um, ha, 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 Carlin wins. He gets his priority, and we're not going to talk about it for 20 minutes. We'll talk about the changes and not debate whether or not it was a good one. All right, so starting command points. This is a little different now, because before you got one command point on your turn, and you would get uh, command points for every battalion you had. Um, that's no longer a thing. Um, so now it's there are a couple things to determine your command points. But first off, first your turn. The person who's going first gets one. Person who's going yes. second gets two. This doesn't sound like a big deal until you realize, oh wait, at the end of a round, all your command points that you have are gone, and yes. you reset. This is a huge deal now. I mean, there's a, there's another thing too. Is I, I don't believe you got your command point before until you got to your hero phase. Yep. So yeah, the only so, command points you would have were command points you bought or from your battalions. So if you so go second, that, yeah, you had nothing, and now you've got two. This is massive. This changes yep. ever. This is a game changer. Yep. Then there's a couple more things that give you command points. Um, so you receive command points start battle round after your priority. Then you also get command points if your general is on the battlefield at the start of hero phase. So you get one then. And at the end of the battle round, any command points that aren't used have been lost. And there are some other abilities we'll get to that give you command points right in the core rules themselves. Yes. Then it does more further clarity about using command abilities. So the measurements on the virtual cards are no longer a thing. So when a command point's like, use command point, you pick someone within 24 inches, the distance on those virtual abilities don't matter anymore. Wait, what, what matters is... 
Yep. Up, what? I didn't. I didn't catch that. Wait. So yep. they just they can just go anywhere across the entire board? Nope, no. 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 Oh. 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 Okay. I'm about to get to that. So now it's ah. depending on their role. Heroes are oh. can issue uh, commands to abilities or or units are wholly within 12 inches of them. Generals can issue commands to uh, units that are wholly within 18 inches of them. Totems can issue commands that are wholly within 18 inches of them. Okay. Yeah. So All it depends right. on their role now in general. Um, it's hmm. no longer the whatever was written on the the war scroll. So. Um, I th- I mean I I guess I I have to see. All of the I'd have to see every single command ability to truly know um, how effective that's going to be because I'm certain that that buffs a bunch of them but also nerfs a bunch of them. Yeah, 100%. Uh, it basically puts more definition on who's your hero, who's your general. You know what? I think I think it. I like that in the in this in the sense that now when you look at a battlefield, you can see the heroes and understand where the threat range of their command abilities is yeah. going to be around them. 100%. So if you have like an outlier unit that's by itself, you know that, that that's not getting any special buffs when you go to attack it. It's making things simpler, which yes. I like. Uh, also then, each uh, a model cannot issue more than one command ability in the same phase, and a unit cannot receive more than one command ability in the same phase, meaning you cannot super buff a unit. Nope, that makes sense. I like, I mean, stacking buffs always gets annoying anyways, and this, exactly. it's more strategic. It means that you've got to sort of put out your units and know where you want to put your things rather than just go, yeah, that's my fuck off dragon over there, and I'm going to give it extra arms and extra flying and extra fire on all of its attacks, and fuck you. Like, <laughs> yeah. All right, so then we're going on to the next thing, and the first big, major, major change oh, yeah. in this edition, we're going to hero phase, and Hero Phase starts with the heroic actions, which are done by not just the player whose turn it is, but the player, your opponent, who, you know, isn't their turn. They also get to do heroic action. Yes. Which I really like. So there's four heroic actions, which is um, for you, that you can choose. Um, heroic leadership, which is pick one yep. hero, roll dime, add to the role of your general has been slain. On a four-up, you receive one command point that can be used only uh, during the, that turn a lot of hero issue command. So the hero that's been chosen for the ability, they get a command point to themselves that they can use. Yes. Um, heroic willpower, pick a uh, hero that's not a wizard. Uh, the hero can attempt to unbind one endless spell in the phase, or sorry, unbind one spell if they were, as if they were a wizard. So extra, yeah, it's an extra, it's an extra unbind. Yeah. And it allows you to spell an endless spell and as well. If it's your turn, yeah. So if yeah. it's your opponent's turn, you get to try to unbind. If it's your turn, you get to dispel as if they were a wizard. Yep. Um, their finest hour. Pick one friendly hero. I want to wound rolls for attacks made by a hero until the end of the turn. I want to save rolls for attacks that target that hero until the end of the turn. You cannot carry out this heroic action with the same hero more than once in the same battle. Uh, so that's really kind of like a big, huge, heroic moment one. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Then heroic recovery. Uh, pick one hero and make a heroic roll, recovery roll by rolling 2d6. If the roll is less than a hero's bravery characteristic, you can heal up to d3 wounds allocated to the hero. If the roll, roll is equal to the hero's bravery characteristic, you can heal one wound allocated to that hero. Yep. And so looking at these, I think... We'll probably see heroic leadership used the most, depending on the army, because it's real good. And mm-hmm. moving, like, it will be very useful for horde armies, especially with the uh, ability that we'll see later. Yeah. Um, I think these are all really cool. I think basically, I like that some of them work on your enemy's turn, so there's always something to do. 
Exactly. Um, it's the kind of, they're trying to make it so that way there's less downtime. There's, yeah. They're saying there's no downtime. There's still downtime. There's it's, it's, it's Warhammer. The movement phase is always going to be 20 minutes of you sitting there going, are you done? And they're like, nah, I got 50 more units, man. Like, We'll get um, to that. We'll get to that. Yes. Um, oh, anyways, yeah. so then there's this new command ability that's stunned during a hero phase, Rally. I think something also I want to mention here is so this is just something that's particularly interesting. So we see it's called a hero phase command ability. Every single phase, to the best of my knowledge, now has universal command abilities that anybody can use, um, which is a new change, which I think is fantastic. Uh, it means that there's always things that you could do with your CP. Even if you don't have command abilities, every phase will have command abilities that you can use, which mm -hmm. is really useful. Like they're really pushing what command abilities can do in this game. So you can use command ability at the start of the hero phase. The unit that receives the command must be more than three inches from all enemy units. Roll one die for each slain model in that unit. For each six, you can return one slain model to that unit. And horde armies collectively cried out in praise as this is going to be so useful for them. Well, especially because we're going to see less in a way of hordes and groups, I think, given the coherency rulings and also some of the new uh, unit size stuff. We'll get to that later, but mm -hmm. still going to be pretty nice. All right, so then we get to the movement phase. Most of it's the same. They just clarified a lot of stuff. Um, but they introduced some movement phase command abilities. Now, at the double was already there. They have yes. altered it ever so slightly. So before you can make, uh, hmm, I'm going to run. I'm going to roll a die. Ah, oh, crap, I rolled a one. I'm going to spend the command point now for at the double. Now it's, you can either run or you can do at the double. You can't run and then at the double. You've got mm -hmm. to pick. So it kind of makes you think about it. It's like, do I risk it for the biscuit with my die roll or do I spend the command point? And guaranteed get the six, which is nice. Exactly. Then there's redeploy, which is this is one that we kind of mentioned in our wish list uh, episode. Anyone who's wondering, we have an episode about our wish top 10 things we were wanting. Go check that out. Um, and you can see how wrong or how right we were. But this is one that was there just in a different form. So you can use command ability in the enemy movement phase. Once again, kind of the whole, oh, I can do things on your face. Um, mm -hmm. The unit that receives command must be within nine inches of an enemy unit and more than three inches away from all enemy units. You can make a D6 move with that unit that receives command, but it must finish the move more than three inches away from all enemy units and cannot shoot later in the turn. So basically let some move back or move forward or whatever you want to do. So something that I've, I've noticed very specifically in this edition, we see the three inches away from all enemy units. Was it that specific in, in second edition? Uh, yeah, a lot of the things was always you have to be, like, when you finish move, you have to always be three inches away from an enemy unit. That was always a thing. Okay. Basically, that way, there's a chance that a charge can fail. Yeah, Unlike 40k, thought. where you can get pretty close, and in the end, there's no way you're going to fail that charge. Yeah, okay. No, but, yeah. That, that, but, uh, no, I like this a lot. This is awesome. Yeah, so essentially, you can react to your opponent's movement and try to move your unit in a strategic position. All right. And so movement, they talk about the unit coherency. Uh, they basically give it a full term to not moving your unit, which is remaining stationary. Uh, 
Then they kind of talked about terrain, how that affects things. They kind of really clarified measuring distances with terrain and kind of jumping down a lot. Before that wasn't really clear. Yes. Um, they talked about flying, kind of mentioned how that works. That was there before. Once again, they just kind of amped it up and made it a little bit more clear. Um, yes. Passing across, once again, it's made clear. It was kind of a thing that they had with, say, Night Haunt, where they could deal damage by crossing over someone. But now yes. it's once again in the core rules itself made a little bit more clear it's that's i keep on saying it clear 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 that's the big thing that really pushed forward this edition so now we get to shooting phase um i think shooting phase is mostly the same so uh one that i I caught i'm not sure if this was was new yep 10.1.1 a unit that is within three of enemy units can only target units that were in three of it was that in 2.0 uh yes so essentially yeah before in AOS 1, you could shoot outside of your unit. In AOS 2, they introduced that you could still shoot in combat, but you have to shoot the unit that you're in combat with. Mm-hmm. And more or less, it's there. It's kind of tightened up the way how they worded it. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Nope, that's it. Yep. Um, Lookout, sir, has been altered ever so slightly. So now it's you subtract one from, uh, from the hit rolls for an attack made with a missile weapon. If the target is an enemy hero within three inches of enemy unit that has three or more models. The lookout sir rule does not apply if enemy hero has wound characters of 10 or more. Before it used to be, it does not apply to monsters or uh, yeah. something else, but monsters is a key thing. They've got rid of that. It's, yeah. Yep. I will notice that shooting phase seems to be the only phase that does not have uh, universal things. I think uh, shooting and... Oh, universal oh. command abilities? Yeah. Uh, no. They actually kind of do. We're going to get to that. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Um, it's I find it funny that it's not shown here, but there is a command ability that affects it during shooting phases. They put it in the combat phase. Oh, okay. That's yeah, very strange. Yeah. You're right. You're right. All out attack. Yeah. Okay. No, they just put it in a weird spot. So never mind. Um. So then we get to charge phase. Um. Largely the same. Uh. Once again, just clarity, clarity, clarity. Uh. For to victory, that is there. Um, that's the same as last time where you basically re-roll your charge roll uh, but now they un- have a new ability Unleash Hell um, great for shooting armies You basically it is the um, oh I'm not a 40k player mainly. what's that rule that when I charge you you can shoot at me? Overwatch yes basically it's Overwatch with a cooler name yeah. uh, you can use command ability after an enemy finishes you a charge move that unit that receives command ability must be within nine inches of the enemy unit and more than three inches away from all other enemy units. The unit that receives command can shoot in that phase, but when it does so, you must subtract one from your hit rolls for attacks and can only target a unit that made charge move. So yep. more or less the same idea, except instead of hitting sixes, you minus one to hit. So yeah, if you're four to so hit normally, it's five. If you're two to hit normally, it's three. So on. All right. So combat phase. Um, there are some small changes here. Mainly, first thing that I really noticed is pile-in. So, you can move a model ma- making a pile-in move up to three inches. When you make a pile-in move with a model, it must finish m- move no further from the nearest enemy unit, and it was start to move. Before, with pile-in, it was the nearest enemy model. Mm. Now, it's the unit. Opening up just way more, because before, it was like, okay, I accidentally touched base with this model, I'm stuck. He can't move past that model or whatever. Yes. But now it's like, okay, it's the same unit. 
if I touch bases, okay, fine, but I can slide around as long as they continue touching bases. Mm -hmm. So that's a change, and it's a change I like because it just makes things a little less annoying to think about. Mm -hmm. um, and then combat attacks. So they kind of go into talking. They posted something like this on the Warhammer community a while back, and I think it might have been in the last General's Handbook. I'm not sure. They really talked about like first strike first and strike last abilities, and they really kind of break down how to apply them uh, in proper sequencing based on whose turn it is and so on. It was something that was there before, but wasn't in the court rules. Now they've made it a part of the court rules. Yes, which is good. Uh, let's continue on here. Attacking. So largely the same. Uh, so you pick, and this kind of word, we're going to get to all out attack and all out defense soon. But uh, so shooting attacks, and it rolls in combat and shooting attacks on the one here just to break down how it works. Uh, attack sequencing, uh, that is, I believe, all the same. Um, big thing here, um, I forget where it is, but you cannot modify your two hit roll or two wound roll more than one. Oh yeah, it's under uh, just number one. So okay. hit roll cannot be modified for more than plus one or negative one. So like you could do a lot of things to give yourself plus four, but guess what? It comes down to plus one in the end. Yeah, which was I think a good change for they did to forty k. Yeah, yeah. And I'm glad that they they're bringing it over here as well. Mm -hmm. Um. So allocation of wounds. That's basically the same. Then the attack command abilities. This is where I mentioned the shooting thing. So all attack, you can, because before they had a separate thing for shooting, but they just rolled it all together of all attack. It's mm -hmm. basically just kind of like, yeah, just pick the phase you're doing it. So now it's yeah. you can use command ability when you pick a friendly to shoot in your shooting phase or fight in combat phase. You must receive command after add one to hit rolls for attacks made of that unit until the end of the phase. Which is great. Yep. Then all defense, you can use command ability when a friendly unit is picked in the target of the shooting or combat phase. Um, add one to save rolls before it was re-rolled once. Which is so, real good. I like the add one. It's better re-roll once, and in the end, it's less rolling of die, therefore we'll take I can't time. tell you how many times I've gotten a re-roll one and then rolled like six twos, and I'm like, thanks! Like, yeah. I'd much rather have the plus one. Mm -hmm. um, going on to the next bit, we talk about wounds, allocating wounds, slain models, Returning same models, more or less, just really clarified. I really brought it up. Um, uh, I think. Hmm? Uh, oh wait, no. I sorry. No, that will be. I think later. Continue. Okay. Um, then it talks about wards. So this is something that didn't have an official name. People call it, you know, feel no pain, whatever. Um, it's been given a term in AOS, and essentially, it's um, you. It's anything where you're doing a role like disgust and resilience, for instance. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's any just, term it's like that would be words. given a ward keyword now. Which is very useful. Yeah, it's just for reference and to tell you what it is exactly. It's disgust and resilience. It's a ward. Okay, people know what it is right away. Um, talk about healing models. Uh, it's all this kind of same. They talk about mortal wounds. Once again, it's more clarified. Uh, clarifying things like crazy. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Talks about how mortal wounds are allocated. I think that was kind of a thing before, but they really, once again, clarified it. Um, battle shock phase. 
So I mean, I, I will I will say mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of the picture that shows us uh, what to do when your model is slain, and it shows the little line to take it off the table. Because who I didn't know what to do. I just left them all on the table until now. <laughs> Sorry, just that that one's just the goofiest one. It's like, take that bitch off the table, get mm-hmm. him off. He's dead now. Mm-hmm. Hmm. One thing I realized we missed, but it's because we didn't really show it there in charge face. We'll get to it. Um, is monstrous rampage, but we'll get to it. Yes. Oh yeah, that that, that that's, it's that's in here. That's, oh, that's down there. Don't you worry. <laughs> I I have things for monstrous rampage. Okay, perfect. Uh, so battle shock test. It it's a, it's the same. Big thing is make sure everything's coherent with the new coherency rules. So it kind of it's tightened up there. If you lose a model in the middle, you have to make sure everything's coherent for things to stay. That was the same, but with the new coherency rules, can be a little tighter. Um, inspiring presence. So essentially, it's the same with the caveat now that you cannot use it more than once. Yeah, but I mean, it was hard to use it more than once, anyways, before. So. I don't know. There were times where I'm like, I'm gonna give that inspiring present. I'm gonna give that. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, I I think that it's good. It, that helps horde armies a lot. Yeah. Um, and then we get to the end of battle round, where essentially figure out objective points and all that, and you lose all your command abilities and start the next round or yes. command points. Sorry. And that's more or less kind of the overall turn. Once again, surprised that monster rampage wasn't in there, but we'll get there. Then they talk about terrain. Kind of clarifying, like what is wholly on terrain, what is behind terrain, and so on. I feel terrain is the one weak point of AOS 3. I feel they did a really good job with 40k of it. They didn't do that to the same extent because it's mostly, honestly, the same, other than clarification and defining what cover is and so on, which kind of makes me sad. I mean, I think, I don't know. I think terrain is still better in Age of Sigmar because, like, faction terrain is really useful and you can just bring it in this game. Um, fucking... In 40k, there's all this faction terrain that doesn't see play, period. Like, because it costs points and people just... It's never been worth it. But in, like, in, in Age of Sigmar, there's always a reason to bring a piece of faction terrain to your army. And until now, I don't think any of them have cost points. So, and they're not going to continue costing points. Exactly. So, um, the, I mean, the, there's some stats for the way they work, but yeah, it's basically you get uh, you can set up specific rules for all of them. But in the grand scheme of things, I don't know. I feel like it's going to continue not seeing play. Um, they really highlight like garrisons. So I wonder if we're going to see more garrisonable terrain in the future. Um, yeah. So they really kind of highlight the rules there of how to get in a garrison, leave a garrison. Yeah. Uh, they also mentioned demolish, which will be a thing we get to soon, where essentially the train is still on the battlefield, but it loses any rules tied to it. Yes. Which with all the FAQ Savant means you can demolish all my trees and I can't use it for my fun effects anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it means you can destroy any faction's terrain, really, mm-hmm. which is uh, ooh, not good. Uh, then we get into objectives. Um, so they talk about like objective marker control. Um, essentially, it's the same as before. I'm trying to think, just getting over. Uh, the big thing is how models uh, work now. So, unless noted otherwise, each monster counts as five models for purposes of contesting objectives. 
Yep. And each model of a wound characteristic of five or more that is not a monster counts as two models for the purpose of I was going to bring that up. Yes, this yep. is fantastic. This is great. This is essential. This this solves so many problems with, haha, I have my clan rats to just take every objective. Well, they're all little babies that don't do anything. Why are, why are the Stormcast over there who were demigods losing to the ratty boys? Mm-hmm. No, this this is good. I, I can't believe that there was not a rule like this for 40k. Um, yeah. It's so simple to make this rule. It is a great balancing factor. I don't know if the numbers will make it perfectly balanced, but considering that, like, yes, technically a, a group of 20 clan rats still beats a group of five Stormcast, but those Stormcast will be easily able to wipe out most of those clan rats in, like, one or two attacks. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a lot more balanced. Yeah. It's nice because essentially they took what they essentially beta tested with the Ogre Ma tribes and the Sons of Bamat and brought it to the main game. Those yeah. guys still have their main big bonuses because they're a little bigger than this, but it benefits all armies now. So Yes. Talk about train control. Cool. I don't really see that being a big thing. All right, cool. So then we get into Wizards. So this is where we're going to see some big changes in regards to uh, Endless Spells and all that fun stuff. So... Oh, first big change, miscast. On an yes. unmodified casting roll of two, the spell is miscast. Spells, if the spell is not successfully cast, the caster suffers D3 mortal wounds, and the caster cannot attempt to cast any more spells in a hero phase. They also, it's not in here, I don't think, but they clarify for units, like for the Luminous Realm Wards, because a lot of their units are like uh, archers and such, they'll have a spellcaster in it. They have clarified the spellcaster is the leader of the unit, and they get the wounds first. Okay. So yep. you have and, to remove that model. Yep. I, I like that. And um, I'd like that we've brought Perils of the Warp over. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never been hit by it before. And I don't want, I would like to continue not getting hit by uh, Perils of the Warp or Miscast, but I'm excited mm-hmm. to see that sort of randomness in there, especially yeah. with some armies just having so many wizards. It's It would be nice for them to blow up once in a while. Exactly. So it basically makes it so, and I had a game one game of this and that did happen and it was great it's like <laughs> and that unit couldn't cast anymore because the wizard was dead anyways oh, yeah. it was against lumineth and it was great to be a little spiteful against lumineth <laughs> anyways then we get to the two generic and spells that all armies have uh arcane bolt and mystic shield and they both have had some tweaks arcane bolt quite a bit so casting value of five and a range of 12 for arcane bolt is successfully cast at the start of any one phase before your next hero phase, you can pick one enemy unit within range and invisible to the caster. The unit suffers one mortal wound. If the unit is within three inches of the caster, it suffers D3 mortal wounds. Before it was like, you cast this, it has to do it. Now it's like, haha, I got my bolt ready and I'm going to unleash this on a strategic time. Yes. I like good. it. It's a little different and it lets you be really strategic with the use of it. Yeah, which is, I, I like that. I always thought that Arcane Bolt and Smite were like, yeah, I guess they're there. They're just a little little flavorless, a little little bland. Mm-hmm. Let me just deal some mortal wounds, but I like this. Mm-hmm. Um, Mystic Shield. Um, so the main thing here is no longer reroll once, it's add one to save rolls. And they've lowered the casting value from six to five. So uh, Endless Spells. So... We already know that you can only take one endless spell per wizard. So that is there. Summoning them is basically the same. Dispelling it is basically the same. They kind of added in that priests can dispel 
are attempted to spell endless spells and the um, invocations. Wizards can only do invoking or wizards can only do uh, endless spells. So essentially, priests get a chance to do un to unbind both. Wizards can only do spells. Then uh, removing endless spell, they kind of just clarified it. It's I think mostly the same. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the clarity of the units of wizards I mentioned. It's right there, basically saying. Hey, if a unit with a wizard keyword has more than one model, it counts as a single wizard for the purpose, and you pick one model in that unit in which to cast or unbind spells. And it's always pretty much always the leader. So yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, going forward, predatory endless spells. Um, more or less they get to move, do things. Except instead of between phases, it's on your hero phase now. Mm-hmm. So which is which is way more useful for it to just be on your hero phase. It was so weird in this weird between phases timing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so essentially you have to determine if the spell is controlled or wild. Essentially, if your wizard is uh, within 30 inches of the model, so the wizard had summoned it, if it's within 30 inches of the endless spell, it's controlled. Now, which I believe then, that is a pretty big change. I don't yes. believe that was, which is great because before someone could just fucking move your own thing because like that was the bonus for going second. You get to merge the first endless spell and it's like... Mm. It was a good idea, but it needed a little more help. Now yeah. you get to control it, but if it goes wild, ho-ho, your opponent has a chance of moving it now. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so endless spells are moved every hero phase now. So basically you're going to be seeing, they're going to be doing a lot more action. Um, priest, they each priest can chant one prayer, and they know they know in your hero face. And all priests basically have their own version of like universal spells. They all know to bless and smite prayers. And they also have something that's new too: divine wrath. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on, on, on my chanting roll of one, the chanting priest suffers divine wrath. So if you're not answered. And they yeah, if you do a, that's like the priest fumbles the notes, gets the eulogy wrong, and God's like, the fuck? Lightning bolt. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's kind of a nice little touch, and it's kind of building on that. I do like the fact they have their own um, prayers and all that, which, uh, to clarify, bless, um, basically, advancer, pick one friendly unit wholly within range, and visible to the enchanter. So the start of your next hero phase, the unit has a ward of plus six. Great. Yeah, which is great. Smite. Uh, pick an enemy priest within range and visible to the chanter. Uh, that enemy priest suffers one mortal wound. If the chanting roll is six or more, the enemy priest suffers D3 mortal wounds instead of one. So I priest on priest action. Honestly, bless might be a is might be like of the generic abilities. Bless might be one of the best ones. Like bang, feel no pain. It's mm-hmm. so nice. Yep. Okay, so now we get to talk about monsters. Specifically, monsters rampage, which happens on the charge phase after your monster has made a charge. And monsters rampages are great. Um, so my game that I played this, I was using Nurgle and I was using Grand and Clean once. Oh, oh, they count as monsters? I guess they're pretty big. They have the monster keyword. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was most excited to use these on my terror geists. Yeah, that, that'd be there. But yeah, so essentially, at the end of a charge phase. Each player can carry out one monster's rampage from the table below for each friendly monster. Uh, the player whose turn it is taking place carries out their monster's rampages first. Then uh, you cannot do the same monster's rampage more than once. So essentially, if you have five monsters in combat, you have to pick four, and the fifth one can't do anything. 
And then your opponent gets to do all their monstrous rampages as well, which these are fun, very thematic, and kind of goes with the heroic uh, abilities as well. Like, I really love how thematic it is. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I want to see more. I want to see lots of Titanic duels. I like kaiju fights. <laughs> all right, so there's four of these. Uh, Roar, pick one enemy unit within three inches of the model and roll die. On a three-up, the unit cannot issue or receive commands in the following command combat phase. It's like, uh, no, you don't. Yeah. You can't do that. Spooked <laughs> solid. Yeah. Uh, then there's Stomp. Pick one enemy unit within three inches of this model that is not a monster and roll a die. On a two-up, the unit suffers D3 mortal wounds. I love it. It's simple, but it's great. Yep. Titanic duel. Pick one enemy monster within three inches of this model. Add one to hit rolls for attacks made by this model that target the enemy monster until the end of the following combat phase. Kind of like... You, I, I have a beef with you. Yeah, kaiju fights. <laughs> yep. And smash the rubble. Pick one enemy terrain feature or defensible terrain feature within three inches model and roll die. On a three up, the terrain feature is demolished if it was defensible and the scenery, uh, yeah, if it is demolished, if it was defensible uh, and the scenery rules and the war school cannot be used for the rest of the battle if it was fraction terrain feature. Sylvaneth, weep. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, so prayers already talked about that invocations which is essentially the um, priest endless spells yes what corn can do because it's not magic quote unquote it's not magic but it's i'm not it's not magic guys even though it looks just like it don't worry it's not yeah um so then after this kind of just talk about that war scrolls to talk they show off the new war scroll design which i really like it looks nice nice simple um and yeah it more or less kind of just talks about stuff we've already mentioned yes clarifying random range random attacks uh, else they mentioned like some units can have uniquely named champions standard bearers or musicians which is great yep yep, yep. Talk about damage tables once again just clarifying everything which is fantastic uh going forward here Okay, going to pitch battle profile. So there is no true like battle pack in here, but they do talk about it a little bit. So the big thing here, the big huge change is unit sizes. Yes. So unit strengths or units are can be under strength, which that technically was a thing before. This wasn't given a name where if let's say a unit has 10 models as its minimum and you bring eight, is under strength now. Before it's like, huh, why would you do that? Well, yeah, nah, but now they also have reinforced units. So before you could uh, look at it, like with Dryads, you had 10 to 30 models you could do. Um, and you pay the points for this, but you get a discount if it was bigger. Point discounts are gone. Yep. You just have the cost of the unit. And units uh, can be reinforced. Um, they can be reinforced twice if they're battle line. Yes. So, and you can only have a maximum of four reinforced units uh, in your list if it's a two-down point game. Yeah, I think the amount of reinforced units you're allowed to have is based on your pitch battle profile or on whatever battle profile you're doing for that. Uh... <laughs> yeah, so like I think they'll yeah change based on the pitch battle profile and all that. But generally speaking, I'm I'm just going into the basics here of it. Yes. So generally speaking, you can only reinforce a unit once unless it's battle line where you could do it twice. So. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out, so, so now that we have a word for it, is there any reason to bring an undersized thing? Did I miss something, or is it just pointless? Um, 
the biggest thing I can think of is say like Seraphon, because some of their uh, boxes don't give you the full size of unit. Yeah. So, but you still pay the full unit price, even though you're bringing yeah, less. Yeah. 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 So there, I don't think there's really any reason, but they they have a term for it. All right. Well, that was it's just a thought yeah. I had. Yeah. No worries. Anyways, continuing. Uh, then we continue into battalions. So battalions, as we knew, the Warshall battalions are no longer viable for match play. They are narrative or open play only. We have now what they call core battalions. Um, so core battalions, they, I, I think they're a lot more freeing. You don't pay points for them anymore. You fit your units in based on the respective rule, uh, based on whatever the core battalion requires. So I'm going to use Warlord here. Uh, it requires that you bring one commander, two subcommanders, and one troop. And then they clarify below what they are. So a commander is a leader. A subcommander is a leader with a wound characteristic of 10 or less. A troop is a unit that is not a leader, artillery or behemoth. Um, artillery, self-explanatory. And monster, which is a behemoth that is not a leader. And one thing I'll need to throw in here, all uh, commanders are subcommanders. Not all subcommanders are commanders. Because there's lots of questions about that online, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Stop. Right. Okay. Uh. So the one thing I've been trying to figure uh, now with matched play, do we? Are you required to have all your armies fit into these battalions or no? no? It is not uh, like forty k where you need to have yeah. them fully in. You don't have to use optional. these at all, but there's no reason not to. I mean, no, you're right. As long as you could fit into this, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Some of these give some pretty, uh, pretty fantastic. Um, Pretty yeah, fantastic so, buffs. Exactly. So I'll kind of talk about the buffs. So Warlord, it gives you the buff for strategists, which is once per battle, when you receive a command point at the start of your hero phase, you can receive one extra command point. So once per battle, you have a chance of grabbing, or not a chance, you can use an extra command point. Really strategic, really awesome. Uh, but it also gives you Magnificent, which is when you pick enhancements for your army, you can pick one extra enhancement. Enhancements is the new generalized term for battle traits, artifacts, spells, and triumphs. Um, so it gives a generic term. Each of those little things have little caveats like uh, command traits, you can only pick one, it has to be on a leader uh, that's not a named hero, and so on and so forth. So it kind of works out it was, but it gives a unified term. Mm -hmm. uh, so the battle regiment core battalion, it gives you the unified one drop deployment. And this, my opponent, when I played this, he thought it gave his whole army that, no. It's everything that's in the battle regiment. So mm -hmm. all the units, if you max out your uh, commanders and troops they put in, you can drop them all at once. Which Not drop good. your whole army at once, but just one. No. I mean, that's just good to get that tiebreaker, mm -hmm. basically. Yeah. Um, Grand Battery uh, gives you the Slayers. Once per battle, one unit in this battalion can receive an all-out attack or unleash hell command uh, without the command being issued and without a command point being spent. Basically, it's like, here, do this. Uh, Vanguard, Swift, once per battle, one unit from battalion can receive the at the double or forward to victory command without the command point being spent. Um, line breaker gives you the expert one. Once per battle, one unit in this battalion can receive the all attack or all defense command without the command being spent. And then um, command entourage basically gives you the exact same stuff as Warlord. It gives you one or the other, Warlord gives you both. Um, and they're, they've already expanded on this with the battle pack in a general's handbook, 
because General's Handbook has two more battalions focused completely around monsters. So, yeah. So it's kind of one of those things that they can change up on a yearly like, basis, which makes the game keeps the game interesting. Yeah, it keeps the tournaments a little interesting. Bit and so on. Like I really like these. You don't have to spend points in them. There's no reason not to set up in them. They give you some good stuff. No, no, absolutely. Uh, I think some are definitely better than others, but I think they're all real nice. And again, mm -hmm. there's no reason not to take them. Like they will fit into most. It is almost impossible for you not to be able to fit one of these into your pitch battle profile. I mm -hmm. think, so, you know, it's like if you're playing a 2000 point game, you, you're going to have battle regiment guaranteed. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Can't won't not have it. Yeah. Um, probably going to have warlord as well, to be honest, you're any kind of, uh, honestly yeah probably just have like those two at least mm -hmm. vanguard like you you should be able to get your entire army into these no problem yeah. um then we continue on into allegiance abilities um mostly the same they kind of clarify how allied units don't, don't be affected by battle traits that was a thing before but for some reason it always came up um enhancements so this is kind of where they really talk about it so enhancements are command traits artifacts power spell lore prayers scriptures mountains triumphs and one or more sets of unique enhancements. So some of the stuff is not things we haven't seen or have seen too much of it yet, but we will in the future. Uh, so enhancements, this is something they've played in some FAQs and I'll explain it in a second, but enhancement restrictions. They cannot be given to unique units or allied units unless noted otherwise. Now, I'm gonna get to this in a second because I've been seeing a lot of bitching from people, but it's pretty clear, but I'll get to it in just a moment. Uh, command traits, so the time you uh, take a command trait enhancement, you pick one command trait and you give it to your general. You can never pick more than one command trait for your army, and command traits can only be given to a general or a hero that's a general. More or less, it's exactly the same as it was before, but now it's on automatic. You get this. You have to take the thing that gives you enhancement. Okay. Because, uh, yeah, before it was you automatically get a command trait. Now you need to pick the warlord or the um command entourage building or core battalions to get that hmm. i'm just wondering because i believe command traits there's a there, the clan verminous characters can just get command traits that are not the main commander so i don't know how that's going to play with that but wait one second am i something here wrong yeah, one each time you take a command trait you can pick one command trait and give it to your general you could never pick more than one command trait for your army. Hmm. Interesting. All right, so. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, I sorry, mistake on my part. Uh, you can always take one enhancement of each type into your army, and the battalions or battle pack you're using may allow you to take additional. So, yes, you always get a command trait. Sorry, that's my bad. Okay. But you cannot get more than one by getting more enhancements. So, anyways, continue on. Um, artifacts of power. Each So, you always get one of these. Um, each time you take an artifact power enhancement, you can pick one artifact power and give it to a hero in your army. Or a hero can have more than one. Spell lores. This is one I'm going to get to here. Each time you take spell lore enhancement, you pick one spell for each wizard in your army from this spell lore available to the wizard and so on. And they have a unique, or sorry, universal spell lore on the next page. This is where a whole bunch of contentions coming up, but it's, I don't get it. So when this first came out, by their own rules, units like, let's say, Drycha could not take anything from the Sylvanas spell lore. Mm. They have since FAQ'd it. 
it specifically says in the Sylvanas spell lore that unique Sylvanas heroes can take from the spell lore or yes. uh, Sylvanas wizards. But now people are trying to bitch and say, well, I can take universal then. No, the FAQ does not exist for universal. You can take from Sylvanas, but you cannot take from universal of your unique direct chat. Interesting. Because so many Sylvanas players want to give her the uh, flaming uh, something because it makes her OP like nothing else. But it's like, no, there's no FAQ saying that. And they're like, well, yes, there is. It's like, for the Sylvanas spell lore, but not for universal spell lore. Mm-hmm. Get it straight. It's easy. I don't want get why people are bitching about it, but that's how it is. Um, continuing on. Sorry, I had to rant there because it's been something I've yeah. been seeing a lot of. And it's like, you, you can't. It's so clear. They're like, well, no, it says this. It's like, it doesn't say that you can take it from universal. It just says it from the Sylvanas. That's it. Mm-hmm. For your scripture enhancements, um, basically same thing, spell lore. Triumphs. Before triumphs was, were something... Whoever had less points got, but now it's straight out. You get to pick one triumph. So triumphs were kind of minor buffs. Which is great. Something people didn't play with often because it's you had to think about when you got to the game. Like, okay, cool. I'm at 2,000 points. How many are you at? Oh, I'm at 1990. Okay, you get a triumph, but they had to go into rules and bind it. Now you get a triumph. In fact, I didn't even know that they were a thing until you mentioned it right now. I've never used them before. Yep. So many people don't. Um, Unique enhancements. Uh, stuff we're going to see more in the future, I think, and so on and so forth. So it's kind of general gist of that. Then we get to universal enhancements, which include uh, universal command traits, universal artifacts power, universal spell lore, uh, universal prayer scripture, and universal triumphs. So this is really nice. This is uh, stuff that any hero wizard that's not unique can take from when they are enhancing themselves with these. So like... For a regular wizard, you could, at least let's say my Sylvan Branch Witch, I could take mm-hmm. from the Sylvan Spell Lore, or I could take from the Universal Spell Lore. So, it's kind of some nice stuff here. It's it's, it's good to have some extra things. Like, I like Flaming exactly. Weapon. Flaming Weapon's cool. It is. And there's a reason why that people want to give it a dry chip. I'm like, I'm sorry, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, continuing on. This is when we start kind of talking about battle packs and kind of the terrain rules. Train rules are the same as before. They're terrible, in my opinion. But that's my opinion. I just, I like, I really like how they were really defined and brought forward in 40K. I just wish but, they had done that here. I mean, yes, but then remember, 40K's faction terrains are not great. So that is either true. you either get faction terrains that actually do something in the game and people want to bring, uh, or well defined. Yeah. Take your pick. Neither one is perfect. Yeah. So basically now it just talks about battle packs. So essentially General's Handbooks and the main actual core rules book will have their battle pack for match play, for open play, for narrative play. The General's Handbook is kind of going to be on a rotation of this is 2021 match play rules, 2021 narrative, 2021 open play. And it will give specific rules and everything. And it's going to be really nice, especially I think for tournaments where they can be like, we're using the if it's, let's say, 2023, like, well, no, we're going to go back time. We're going to use the 2021 battle pack for match play. It's going to be a little bit more defined instead of being trying to be specific and like, we're using this and using this. Now it's like, no, we're using this battle pack, which contains these battle plans. Done. Simple. Can't really talk too much about it because we don't have any of the battle uh, pack stuff in front of us, but that's basically what it is. And the battle packs will define things like uh, the amount of leaders, uh, ally and all that. From what I gather, it's mostly the same right now, but in the future, it gives them the chance to change it if they so chose. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and that's pretty much it for the core rules. Yeah, a lot of good changes. A lot of good changes, a lot of clarity, a lot of really thematic feeling. Like, heroes are more heroic and monsters are more monstrous. That's what they were saying for the game. It's true. From my game with 3rd edition, it 100% was true. All my heroes and my hero monsters from my green and clean ones, they felt more oomph. And when yes. they charged in, you know, they did damage with their normal charging ability, but then because they're monsters, they did more stuff. And just and they made it so epic. It was yeah. great. I loved it. There's a reason to be a big target now. Now you're a big threat. <laughs> Absolutely. Especially with them uh, adding more points to how much you collect off objectives now. Yes, exactly. No, I think I think these are all really, really, really good changes. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you have some overall thoughts on it so far? Or, or mm, I guess we're at the end of my it. My overall but... thoughts are I like they're moving to more universal options for everybody. Uh, specifically, I like the universal command traits. I like the universal command abilities because uh, I've had some units where I'm just like, all these command abilities kind of suck. And in most cases, they're, they're, there's one or two that are good. But almost every command ability in the book is really good. I like that triumphs are now a thing that I actually know about and can use. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I think that it, this is a more uh, well-defined and more uh, dynamic game. I think there's a lot less downtime now. Mm-hmm. At least, I think <laughs> if you're sitting at the table and not paying attention during the in their movement phase uh, and you don't get access to, like, like, if you stand up and you go, oh, you did that move and I wasn't paying attention. I want to do that. And they go, well, I moved that five feet back. Well, that's on you now. So, mm-hmm. like, there's a reason to be paying attention at the table now and I don't need to sit down with my phone for the next 20 minutes. Yeah, 100%. And I will say this, it did make the game go slightly longer. Now that might have been parts because we're, you know, still learning it. But I think with the extra, like, heroic action monsters rampages where both players do it, it does add a bit of time. That said, because it's taking away the downtime, I'm okay with it. Because yes. it's making the game more interactive. And that's what I want. I want to interact with my opponent, not just, I'll do my turn. We'll interact a little bit of combat. Okay, your turn. But yeah, exactly. I, I want more interaction. And I'm okay with the game being a little longer with more interaction. So, yeah, that's that's it. Um, so, have you had a chance to play of it yet? Or have you just read the rules? I have not had a chance to play it yet. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm not exactly home at the moment, so I don't really have access to my armies. That's and... fair. Yeah. Uh, we've only recently got a decent place to play, so mm-hmm. okay. Uh, like I, I, I'm definitely excited to give this a chance now, or to give this, uh, uh, give this a play now. But I have not really had a chance to do it just yet. Okay, fair enough. It's a lot of fun. I can't wait to play a game with you in the future. If you're a first game together, and I think it's going to be a good one. Mm, well, I can promise you that I will lose because uh, I have played about six or seven games with Bryce now, and I have technically won one of them fair enough um all right yeah but let's I'm, move oh sorry wait nope i was just gonna thoughts. say i'm excited i'm excited to see how aos develops for the next couple of years truly like how the each of the armies are going to evolve and adapt with the changes um it feels like they are trying to be more on top of the rules yes because this dare i say is the best written rule set ever from GW. And I'm not just saying that because it's a new excited. It's just, it's so well-written. Yes, there are some small things that need to be FAQ'd, but in the grand scheme of things, it is very, very well-written. 
like ninth edition was well written, but it still required so many FAQs after it came out. This required very little. It's very clear. Good yes. on them. Keep on doing this. Do not screw up this. Keep doing this. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, well, I think that's really all we got to say on that. So, well, we have some new models, some shiny stuff Ooh, we want to take a look at. Maybe we do. Maybe we got some new models. Uh, do you want to talk about the Stormcast or the uh, Cruel Boys? Um, I think I would like to talk about Stormcast because I have suddenly become a big fan of Stormcast. Okay. Uh, so uh, now as a note, we're very much aware that there is a massive 40K release of Orcs and Kill Team. Mm-hmm. Um, we might take a look at that in the future, but because there's so much and this is already a bit of a longer episode, we wanted to focus in on the uh, releases that we had missed for um, for the uh, Cruel Boys and the Stormcast. Ah, oh, that brain doesn't work anymore. I've been inside here, too much. I'm going crazy. It's okay. And here I was thinking it would be a shorter episode. Whoops. Ah, uh, it's fine. <laughs> But yeah, so I'll start with the Stormcast. So Take it away. First, first, we've got Lord Commander Balston Carthalos. And this dude, that's a badass right there. That's mm-hmm. a badass man right there. Uh, he's got a kick-ass hammer. I like that it has a symbol on the front. So when he hits you with it, he knows it. Mm-hmm. He's, one of the, he's one of the few Stormcasts that I would genuinely want to keep the face sculpt on. Mm-hmm. Even though his helmet's pretty cool with the beard, I really like it. The paint job they did with the starry cloak is really cool. I don't think I'd be able to necessarily replicate that, but that's just really nice. Yeah. Uh, I like a little, I like a little bubbly skull, nice little dangly bits. That's a good model. Just a, just. A uh, I just want to add in. Good job to the paint job people and the designers. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's nice for them. To, uh, they've been doing a better and better job in general rep- representation as much as. I think when they had like a model like for Space Marine, I remember them painting a black guy with that and the community went nuts and it's like, come on, you racist jerks. And that's when they really kind of went the other way with the when Black Lives Matter thing, when they say, no, we're okay with representation. We are an yes. open place for everyone to play Warhammer. If you're not one of them, goodbye. Yep. Bye. So I like how they're continuing that. This guy looks epic. He He's awesome. And once again, good on them. Black guy, he he's just beefy. <laughs> so up next, uh, we have the uh, where is he? Is it uh, the is it the night knight relictor? Yep. Yes, there, here it is. Uh, I really like this model. In fact, I probably will buy this model, but I will be using it as a sanguine priest for my forty k uh, blood angels army. Uh, I like his little dangly skull thing that looks like a cup. I like his mace. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think he's. He's anything particularly um, super wild. I think he's just solid. He looked good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get up next. We've got uh, vanquishers. Mm-hmm. So two-handed storm, two-handed bladed stormcast. Uh, these guys all look fantastic. Um, I like the man dooting out the tunes on his horn. <laughs> uh, he might be the he might be the star of this whole um, of the vanquishers. Uh, the <laughs> horn guy. Uh, I think in general they're all very solid. Um, I, unfortunately, they they are a troops choice, which does make them a, a little bit more plain than other stormcasts. But if you just wanted stormcast with fuck off swords, here's the guys for you. Yeah. Because some people like swords; they don't want hammers. And then here we go. I like yeah. their little capes in the bottom too. Yeah. And everything when they go on, 
is once again continued representation right off the first two with the sword and the dupe person. They're both women. Yep. If you look at them, you go over to the next one. The way how they've done the male uh, breastplate is they have kind of divided sections. The females get the more rounded section. So you see in this group of people, we have a mix of male and females. Once again, good on them because in the past, UW has always been like lacking the female uh, representation. Now they're like, no, we have female warriors and we have male warriors. It's great. I love it. All right. So then up next we have Vigilors. I don't know how to pronounce this one. Vigilors. Vigilors. More bows. I think these guys look fantastic. I think it's kind of I think the sword poses with them is a little weird because um, it's cool that they're holding their bow out front like they're going to attack somebody with it, but they also have a sword. So it kind of feels a little uh, little conflicted yeah. uh, between what they're doing. But for the most part, they're pretty cool. I like the mm -hmm. one person who's – I like their uh, their bearded helmets. Yeah, um, bearded helmet's cool. Yep. Um, I mean, their bows – I like that they're doing bowstrings now model yes. in. I think they've been doing that for a while now, but I like to I like to bring it up every time I see it. So yeah. they're solid. Awesome. Again, just kind of more troops choices, keeping the armor simple. And that's mostly just so that they're easy to paint. Mm -hmm. Um you don't want to have super detailed troops choices so you have 20 billion years to do stuff. Um mm -hmm. let's see. And then we've got uh, I think a couple so these are new sculpts for the annihilators. Yes, they have, have just showed there's more sculpts and everything, not just what comes in the Dominion box. Now, I don't remember if the other guy in Annihilators had a bear chest plate, but this guy certainly does, and he's very cool with his bear chest plate. I, I, I love it. It's it, yeah. it's amazing. <laughs> the only thing that I got to say, and this is this is the same thing that me and Bryce both said when we took a look at it, is that those are, uh, those are Space Marine faces on these boys. They have very yeah. Space Marine-y faces, uh, and I, I really hope they come with helmets. They kind of recycled those, which is like, okay, fine. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know if they recycled them or if they just wanted to make them look beefier, but yeah. they do, their faces, uh, not the standouts uh, of this particular line. I'm certain they will come with helmet options, and if they don't, well, I'm certain you'll have a couple extra because Dominion has a huge amount of, uh, had a huge amount of helmet options, so you can just <laughs> stick something else on there. Easy kit bash, but... Uh, all in all, I think they're pretty solid. I think there's some pretty solid Stormcasters, Stormcast releases here. Mm -hmm. uh, just just solid. I mean, a lot of troops choices, which is a little sad because I want to see more of the unique units. They've got a huge amount of troops now. Um, mm -hmm. But I want to see more elite Stormcast stuff right now. Yeah. Um, I think they're trying to... I think they're trying to push the older sculpts off the... Like, kind of away because they're a little bit out of design with their newer, thinner models. The older ones are a little chunky, um, not in a bad way, but I think they're trying to give you a huge amount of new troop options to try to keep the best sculpts on the table. Mm -hmm. Yep, I, I've heard them referred to as the Golden Batman, so. <laughs> <laughs> and now right. up to you. Yeah, the cool boys in some spectacular models. All right, so the first off is this big, glorious, ugly thing. It's called the Swamp Boss Scumdrek, and it's... Uh, I, it's amazing. It's, um, oh, I, I love the design of it. It's insane. Like, it looks like it's in pain. Same time uh, with, like, the mount and everything. I love all the kind of, not wires, but 
trying to think of the right word here. My brain is failing me. Either way, it's really kind of cool. Yep. The molded metals and everything. Um, yeah. And it comes with multiple head builds. It kind of show up below. Well, actually, I mean, there's there's two whole models you can build out of this. Yeah, I was about to get that. Oh, sorry. Which, oh, no worries. I was going to say there's three different heads that you can use for the main beast itself, which is really nice because you can play uh, build it also, also, also as a natural boss on Slugger Deck Beast. It's basically the same concept, but now it's with a bigger orc model on it. And just, yeah, it looks painful, but same time glorious. It almost looks like it should be a little slimy. You know, you know, the only thing I got to say about this model that makes me a little upset, it's got like three cages and there ain't nobody in any of those cages. Why is there oh. nobody in the cages? Put a little they dude get... in there. <laughs> well, it's easy enough to put in. Yeah. Um, It'll be a real power move. Buy, buy, buy like 15 of this model. Just take the cages and then put a bunch of different guys in the cages. So you can magnetically swap them <laughs> for whatever army you're facing. Oh, that'd be brutal and amazing. <laughs> All right, and then we got the Marshcrawler Slogoth, which I've seen online. A person commented, and it was amazing, saying, uh, do you know Harry Potter? <laughs> yes, I do know Harry Potter. Okay, uh, the purple, or sorry, not purple, the pink beast below, Dobie, he's been on some serious steroids. It's the Dobby Mobile. Mm-hmm. Um, Opal poses, which I like. It looks really... It looks just batshit insane. I love it. Yeah. Like, I wonder, not... if, I wonder if the Cruel Boys are going to have like a mechanic that lets you pull people in or capture them because both this and the other guy have like a capturing theme going on. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's like a mechanic that they'll be able to like capture a unit or a model and put it in like, uh, put it in like a prison thing or something. And well, then maybe you get it. Hmm? I'm just thinking like with the, um, Sons of Bamat, the big guys, they have the ability uh stuff them in the pants, where they literally pick up a model and stuff them in the pants, killing them all instantly. <laughs> maybe it's, I mean, it'll probably be more just like kill them or, 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 pin them down down or maybe draw them closer. But I just wonder, I wonder how that, like, their design is going to mechanically come in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And once again, the Dolby creature, um, the marsh crawler slog off thing. It looks like it's in pain. Looks like it's been tortured. Kind of emphasizes the whole cruel boy's name. Yep. Looks like you can also build them with the big pointy sticks or nets. Yep. Depending on what you want. I think you got to go with pointy sticks. So the sticks look great. The net. Why would you? Why would you pick nets? Give them the sticks. <laughs> Hi. Um. So we see the gut rippers. Um. Basically, just an alternate weapon build for models that we see in Dominion Box. These guys, they look fantastic. Just different weapon builds. So it's great. Love having more options. Yes. I, I like uh, them. Real nice. Yeah. Nice and stabby. Yeah. And then we got the Manscaped Bolt Boys and new Bolt Boy boss option. Once again, multiple options here. The boss looks terrifying in all the right ways. Really grim oh, dark. Yeah. And same with the other two. This, they look mean. They live up to the cruel boy name. Yep, I love crossbows. I just love my crossbows. Yeah. And so that's it, the cruel boys, and they, they're looking great. Wait, before we go on, I want to check something. I just I'm wondering if that's if those are the ones that we saw with the bow from way back when. I know we saw there was a bow rumor a while ago. And I'm like, are those them? Have we finally found them? Maybe. So give me a moment. Cut this out if it isn't uh, the right thing. Okay. 
Gotta friggin' find it, because this is before... This is before Dominion came out. Mm, fair enough. Uh, how far how far away was this? You should you should like you saving these pictures somewhere. Um, I do. There's on my drive, and if I have my mic in, I can't find my drive in. Um, that's yeah. Let's just see here. I have a way to search it up. We'll shorten this when we get to it. Rumor engines. I'm just going to search rumor engines. All right, so crossbow. There just so there was just a there was a bow one specifically that had like feathers on it that I was, couldn't quite identify when we were doing the other one. Yeah. Uh-huh. One of the visions of the beast, I thought, or maybe. No, that's that's not it. Okay, it's not. Okay. No, I found it, and it's definitely not okay. that one. Perfect. Um. Yeah. So they're all looking great. A couple of them, I just kind of want to eventually pick up and paint because they look fantastic. I I love how quote unquote cruel they are. They're gonna definitely be a treat to paint up all that detail. Yeah. No, not friendly fellows. <laughs> they're they not look like, PG. The like it. They definitely look like. It's kind of wild when you compare them to the Stormcast because the Stormcast, like Stormcast, are easy, good models to paint for beginners to Age of Sigmar. Cruel boys, have a good, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> There's True. so much happening with each of them, but it's amazing nonetheless. Like, I almost think the this uh, the Dominion and eventually the actual starter sets. I think they're going to be a great thing to for. An experienced painter like dad or mother or whatever to share with their kid where the kid would get mm-hmm. the stormcast and get something easy to paint. I yeah, think exactly. it would be a great thing to share. I agree 100 percent Yeah. But yeah, I think that's all we had on the docket today. Did you have any yep. other? Nope. I think that takes care of everything. Awesome. Um like I said, there's the only other stuff that we could talk about right now would be uh would mission be... packs, but we'll get there when we get them. Yeah. Uh, we get there when we get there. So, uh, <laughs> thanks for everybody for coming out. Carly, want to do our outro? Yeah, sure. Thank you for listening to Realmockers, an Age of Sigmar podcast. Follow us on Facebook. Like us on Instagram because I'm getting one going very shortly. Ooh, send okay. us an email at realmockersaos at gmail.com if you have any feedback you want to give us. You can also send us a message on Facebook and you can comment on it because we're going to be sharing images on Facebook. Comment your favorite stuff. Whatever, we want to interact with you. So do that. Let us interact with you. Damn it. Let us do it. Yep. <laughs> Look forward to sharing the great word of Sigma review next time. We'll catch you then. Bye. Bye.